Tetzayin Elul, Tafshin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I am Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Boaz Sharabi. Halavai. We open things up with that great song here on the Nachum Siegel Network. This is the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and thank you so much for uh, joining us and making us a part of your week. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time. And we uh, are very happy to have you along. You can listen to us live, you can listen, as many do, and you can download and listen to us on demand whenever you want, at your convenience. You can listen to the first half and then take a break and listen to the second half, do whatever you want. You can listen only to the second half or only to anything. It's on demand. And you can do that at 
NahumSiegel.com. Go to the archives. You can do that on the Nahum Siegel Network app, which is available for free in the iTunes Store and on the Play Store. So there's no excuse not to listen, <laughs> other than maybe, maybe you know, you don't want to listen. But other than that, there's really no excuse. You can uh, email us, mayor at NahumSiegel.com, mayor, M-E-I-R, at NahumSiegel.com, and our Facebook page. Very active, very exciting. We have 398 likes on our Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. But there's some game going on, I got to say, because we, keep, we get more likes, and then suddenly their likes taken away. Maybe people unlike or whatever. I have a feeling that Facebook is playing games with us. We've had more than 400 people like us already, but currently we only have 398 likes. So we're close. We're getting there. Um, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We post, <clears throat> excuse me, we post links to the music videos of all, of all the songs we play during the show. And um, this way you can also listen to the music. If you like a particular song, you can... Put that on your iPad or iPod or anything else. And listen to it as you like. We post links to articles that we talk about or specific information. And during the week, if there's something special, we'll post that too. Um, we have such an amazing clip, and we will post a link to that clip. This is um, just recently released. An audio clip of Harav Yosef Dov Halevi Soloveitchik. The Rav speaking about Rav Cook. To me, it's like the two lights, me'orot, if you will, of of religious Zionism. The Rav and Rav Cook, and the Rav here is talking about Rav Cook in general first, and then he tells a story. I I I hope you are as blown as away as I am when we play it. I've I've sort of put it into short bites. It's hard to understand always. Um, it's hard. It is not always easy to understand, is what I'm trying to say. The Rav, he has a, uh, an accent that not everyone is used to. So um, I, I put it into shorter clips. I edited it out a little bit. And uh, I'll try and intro each uh, segment without um, hopefully destroying the, uh, the surprise or, 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 or the strength of what it is that the, the Rav is saying. We're also going to, later on, um, <clears throat> we're going to complete, God willing, our um, look back at the life of Harav Shar Yeshuv HaKohen, Zetzal, who passed away uh, two weeks ago. We started last week, and we'll continue this week, and it's all related, because Rav Shar Yeshuv HaKohen, as we mentioned last week, um, was the son of the Nazir, the Nazir, Rav David Cohen, was one of the closest Talmudim of Rav Kook, Rav Shaya Shuva Cohen, um, said that like when he was growing up, Rav Kook like, was his grandfather. His father would take him by the hand and they would go visit Rav Kook. Um, so, it's all tying in. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully it'll all tie in. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, last week, we debuted Yishai Rebo's not new song, Or HaChayim, it's an old, not old, it's a few months old, but um, last week the, the video came, uh, came out and came public, and so uh, we debuted it, and I loved it, and listeners loved it, so we're going to play it again, we're going to play it now to get things moving. It's a song about the beauty of Torah, and those who 
are oskim Torah, those who live the life of Torah, how beautiful it is to them, how it affects them as well. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I could listen to it a hundred times, but then I say, I, I have listened to it a hundred times. And if you want to really enjoy it, oh, put it on your stereo system with big speakers. It's not the same as in your headphones. Really, just sit back and relax and enjoy the beauty of it. Hey, welcome everybody to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every month, lots of stuff going on. Oh my gosh, lots of stuff going on in the world. Uh, we're going to try and focus on what we've planned, but we must mention, of course, that um, Shimon Peres, former president of Israel, former prime minister of Israel, former defense minister of Israel, former lots of other things of Israel, had a stroke last week. Um, 
He is currently, uh, over the last decades, the media darling. So it, it, it was interesting. The media sort of went into um, almost um, obituary mode uh, until they realized that he's not dead yet. You know, so let's let's all calm down. But um, what's interesting is that even though many many people see him in a very negative light because he was the person that pushed through the Oslo Agreement, yet he has tremendous, tremendous, tremendous merits for things that he's done throughout his entire life. He's been involved in Israel actively his entire life and he has a lot of merits on his on his sheet i don't know i don't know god is the one who judges i don't know what happens when he comes upstairs but i'll tell you something israel has a nuclear bomb today Shh, don't tell anyone but in big part because of shimon paris he it wasn't him alone but in big part because of shimon paris and he did a lot of great things for the state of israel and it, what's interesting is that even in a secular society the word went out <clears throat> that people should pray for Shimon ben Sara on the WhatsApps, on the Facebooks, on the Twitter feeds. And, and really, the nation got together and the nation prayed. Um, and he's a little better, actually. <laughs> he's sort of um, moved his hands already. It seems that he was affected only on one side and so forth. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? He's 93 years old. And he went through a very severe stroke. But that was one of the big, big news items in Israel. And there's a big news item here in the United States over this weekend. I don't know why particular, this particular weekend, but over this weekend there have been several terror attacks or attempted terror attacks in the United States. Yes, yes. Let's say it. T-E-R-R-O-R. Terror attacks. The whitewashing of the words by by uh, Mayor De Blasio and by others is just crazy. Anyway, in New York City on Saturday night, a bomb went off. Thankfully, only injuries; no one was killed. Another bomb was found a few blocks away. Last night in Elizabeth, New Jersey, five bombs, one of which went off while they were trying to disarm it. And then um, down southern Jersey, I don't remember right now what city, there was a race uh, for veterans, I believe, and um, there was a bomb there as well. Okay, um, in Wisconsin, I believe, um, and uh, a Muslim radical took a knife and started stabbing people, screaming Allah Akbar. Again, it's being whitewashed. No one's getting up and saying, we are under attack by people who are in this country. They're citizens. And yet the President of the United States continues to allow more Syrian refugees who are not properly vetted to come to the country. Don't know. I don't know why there's no outcry. I don't know. I, I really don't. So uh, sharing with you a little bit of the, of the news news. Let's get to um, let's get to well, we'll start at least the um, the audio. This was released recently by uh, Professor Jeffrey Wolf in Israel. 
It's on YouTube. We'll put the link up at facebook.com slash The Israel Show. It's an audio of uh, Rav Yosef Dov Halevi Soloveitchik, the Rav, many know from Yeshiva University, from Boston. And I, I don't know what the context of the talk was, but he was speaking about Rav Cook as someone whose Judaism, this is the way he phrased it, is not an intellectual experience, but it is a sense of all your senses. It enwraps you in all your senses. It, it sweeps you up. That was the type of Judaism that he was. He said, people think he's a philosopher. The Rav says, in the clip that, part of the clip that we're not going to play, the Rav says, he doesn't, he, if, if he would be asked, what was Rav Cook's philosophy, he would have to say, I don't know. But he said, as far as he's, with all the reverence, he said, with all the reverence that I have. But he still, he said, but he was a Jew who was wrapped up totally in his Judaism. So we'll play for you this part first, this, uh, the introductory part where uh, he talks about Judaism was a sense experience, not an intellectual experience. He talks about reading his books, you're, you're swept up in a stormy sea like a powerful tide. Um, so this is Rav Yosef Dov Halevi Soloveitchik speaking about Rav Kook. Rav Kook, which was a religious personality. Judaism to him was not an idea. It was a great experience, a passion, a love. It was a reality, a living reality. Judaism to him was a sense experience not intellectual experience. This was his greatness. This, this was his greatness. But when you read his books, when you read his writings, you see it is like a stormy sea. Stormy sea. Like a powerful tide driving you. Now, the purpose of the story, the purpose of, of, of the, um, the message, I would say, that the Rav, it seemed to me, was trying to convey in this story that he's about to tell was how the power, how powerful that Judaism is, how powerful the experiential Judaism is, the one that sweeps you up, versus the intellectual, which the Rav was, and that was powerful as well. Um, And so the Rav says, tells a story that when he was in Israel, and, and Many think the Rav, Rav Salvejic was never in Israel, but he was once in his life in the 1950s. He says, when I was in Israel, I went to visit Kibbutz Kineret, one of the earliest kibbutzim to be established in Israel. It was a hard, hard left kibbutz. Um, you know, bordering on the Stalinist, uh, maybe not even bordering on Stalinism. And um, the Rav says that when he visited the kibbutz, they offered him something to drink, something to eat, and he you know, wouldn't take anything. And then he was shocked to hear that they have a kosher kitchen. They said to him, our kitchen is kosher. And the Rav said to the kibbutz members, who are, like I say, total mechalo Shabbos, non-religious, if anything, anti-religious, and so forth. How did this come about? How do you, in kibbutz Kineret, end up having a kosher kitchen? And so they told him, this story. So he is now relating the story that he heard from the kibbutz members who were involved in this in this very incident. Um, he's now retelling it, and he's talk, telling about 
one Shabbat when Rav Cook came to spend Shabbat at the kibbutz. And he brought with him, he says Rav Cook brought with him chalot and wine. And on Friday night, he came to the dining room, the general dining room where everybody ate together. Don't forget it's a kibbutz, they all ate together. He comes to the dining room, it's a totally trafe dining room. And he says, they're turning on the lights, turning off the lights, they're cooking, they're doing everything as if Rav Cook isn't even there. Rav Cook sits down, he makes kiddush, he makes hamotzi, he eats some challah, he benches and he leaves. That's it. Next day, the morning, he asks them for a minion. No, nobody wants to participate, he davens alone. Comes to the dining room again, everything's going on as usual. Makes kiddush, makes hamotzi, has some bread, leaves, and that's the way the Shabbos continues. They continue with their lives. They go to the fields. They work the fields. The agricultural um, work that they have, and and Rav Cook is 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 in his world of Shabbos. And here's this is the second clip now where he describes this um, this part of the uh, of the story. And he came there, he came for Shabbos. He came Friday late afternoon. He brought along with himself two chalas and, and wine, because he wouldn't drink their wine, because he had a moment. And so Friday night, so he came into the dining room. The dining room was completely trafe, completely trafe. He sat down at the same table and he said Kiddush over the wine. And he benched, he didn't eat anything else. And they switched on the light and switched off the light. I heard it from them. That's not just a legend. Switched on the light, switched off the light. He didn't care about it. He simply ignored his, his present. Then Saturday morning, he wanted a minion, they refused to give him a minion. So he done for himself. And they came back and they sat down, he made Kiddush, Saturday morning, ate his challah. The same the whole day they were cooking and sewing. It's like a regular work day. Just like a regular work day, the Ruff says. They were cooking, they were sewing. I don't know if he meant sewing in the fields or, or sewing stuff, but it's like a regular work day. One of the things that it's hard to hear because of the recording quality and because of the Ruff's accent, he says, um, they told me this. In, in the clip that we just played, he says, it's not a legend. They told me this story. They they were there. Okay, so now Shabbos is over. Motzei Shabbat. The kibbutz members have like a little, you know, Motzei Shabbat gathering where they sing and they dance and they talk, tell stories. And Rav Cook joins them. And he dances with them. And the Rav says, there's not one word of disapproval or censure that's a word that I found a little difficult to figure out. There's no censure. Rav Cook says nothing, not one word about Chil Shabbos, about the way they behave, about Kashrut, not one word. So this is the, uh, the Rav describing what happens now on Motzei Shabbat. And Saturday night, Saturday night, of course, after Avdoli, made Avdoli, then they had a gathering, so he joined the gathering, and he began to dance with them, told stories about his, his, about his past, about his father and mother, absolutely not indicating disapproval, even by one word, disapproval or censure. 
with regard to their behavior during his sojourn in their stay in, in their... Not indicating even one word of disapproval or censure of anything they did during his stay there. Okay. Now, what's left? It's Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Rav Cook is going to return back to uh, Tel Aviv, Yerushalayim. I don't know where he was coming from. And the Rav says, um, so he gets ready to leave. <laughs> the Rav says, I don't know if he came on a machine. I'm assuming that means a car. But however he came, he got ready to leave. And then he said to the kibbutz members that came to see him off, Shalom, Lihitra'ot. And then you'll hear the rest from from the rough. So this is the piece where it's uh, Sunday morning and if Cook is leaving, and this is how he uh, is what he says to them when he's about to leave. Sunday morning, he got on the. I don't know how he came by machine. He got. He said, "Shalom, litraot." Shalom, litraot. And now here's the key. Vleechol biyachad, suudachad. Vleechol biyachad, suudachad. Shalom. Lihitraot. We we will see each other again, and then I hope we will be able to eat together one meal. What happens? The next day, all dishes were thrown out, and the kitchen was converted into kosher. The next day, all the dishes were thrown out, and the kitchen was made kosher. I can tell you wouldn't have helped. The Rav says, I can tell you that if it would have been a chayrim of the Grois Rabbanim, it wouldn't have helped. It wouldn't have moved the kibbutz members to do this. You ask me by what, what was the power he, he simply, so to say, exerted? What power, I mean? The power of his personality. He was a religious personality. He was in love with Yahadis. As my man, they say, as a woman is in love with a woman, so should a man be in love with Yahadis, with God. It was the power of his personality. He was in love with Judaism, with Yahadis, as the Rav says. And that is what influenced the people. No speeches, no yelling, no stone throwing. It was the power of his personality, his his love of Judaism, which exuded from him and swept up those. They didn't become religious, but when he said, the next day they threw away the dishes and made a kosher kitchen. That is pretty amazing. We, as I mentioned, will post the link to the entire audio. It's, it's much longer. I, I took out the, the best, you know, just the, the, sh- the pieces to make the story possible, but it's a much longer piece, and I think you will enjoy listening to the whole thing. You have to concentrate and focus if you're not used to listening to the Rav. I, I'm surely not. took a while to understand, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth it also to hear the way the Rav spoke, the way he, his, his oratory 
prowess is just is un- un- unbelievable, unbelievable. From this uh, coming week's uh, Parshat HaShavua, we come to the land of Israel that God gave us. We grow our produce on the land. We have beautiful bounty. We bring the first fruits to the Beit HaMikdash and we say, thank you, God. This is Kol Achai. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
title track of their second album Hashkifa which is um, out of print but available online on their website if you want to download that particular song or the whole album it's kolachai.com k-o-l-a-c-h-a-i k-o-l-a-c-h-a-i dot com kolachai.com and you can download um, all their albums any particular song it's uh, it's not free there's, uh, I think, uh, iTunes pricing. Um, this show, it's called The Israel Show. It's on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. It is sponsored, this show is, by the amazing Nefesh Benefesh organization we talked about of Cook. Uh, there's a famous story where um, when it came to uh, a yontif of uh, one of the three Regalim Yom Tovs, and uh, someone from Chutzlaret, someone from outside of Israel, was sojourning in Jerusalem, was visiting in Yerushalayim, and he wasn't sure if he should keep one day of Chag or two days of Chag. So he went to Rav Cook, the elder of Avram Yitzchak Cook, so the story goes, and he asked him what he should do. And Rav Cook said, well, the halacha is that if da'ato lachazor, if your mind so to speak, right? Your will is to return to Chutzlaretz, then you got to do two days of Chag like you'd be in Chutzlaretz. But, says Rav Cook, when it comes to leaving Eretz Yisrael, it can't be that, Tolach It can't be that this is your will that your mind tells you. It's Choser Da'ato. It's, it, it has to be the lack of your mind. I mean, something is missing from your, and not as an insult, but to say it can't be that somebody would wish or will to leave Eretz Yisrael and go back to Chutz Laretz. I don't know what the Psak is. Don't base Psak on that. Just sharing the story with you. So, of course, Nefesh Benefesh helps people make Aliyah and then they can keep one day Yontif. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh plus have the mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael and all the mitzvot that go with it and being part of the Jewish future that is in the land of Israel and the state of Israel. Nefesh Benefesh is there for you even if you're not thinking of making Aliyah tomorrow or a year from now, even if you're not thinking about it at all. You know what? Maybe for whatever reason it's not part of your agenda. Just go to their website and take a look. www.nbn.org.il www.nbn Nefesh Benefesh dot O-R-G dot I L and you're 
Classic song, Hineni Khan, we're familiar with it when it is being sung by Yehoram Gaon for decades from the uh, film Aniyu Shalmi. Very different, very different version presented here by Amit Amos and Yonatan Avidani. Amit Amos and Yonatan Avidani off of the album Lach Yushalayim which is an album of um, covers of famous Yerushalayim songs that came out this year for Yom Yerushalayim. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Single Network. I'd like to share with you some uh, some more about the life of Harav Shar Yeshuvah Kohen, passed away about two weeks ago. On Gimel Elul, uh, we spoke uh, a little bit about him. We gave some general idea about his life last week. But we didn't complete it. He died, uh, as I say, Gimel Elul, which is the same day that Rav Cook, Avram Yitzhak Kohen Cook, passed away, and it was very meaningful to many people. Don't know what it means, but there there was some feeling that people had a special feeling about it because he was very close to Rav Cook as a child, and he was in the room when Ruf Cook was on his deathbed and was about to die, Ruf Cook signaled with his hand that Rav Shari Shuvah Cohen and his father, the Nazir, 
should leave the room because they're Kohanim and Rav Kook felt that he would be dying soon and they would not be allowed in the room and about half an hour later they heard the cry of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad from Rav Tokachinsky so many found it very moving that he passed away on the very same day Gimel Elul um, he grew up in Yerushalayim as we said his father was a Nazir and he was brought up as a Nazir up until the age of 18 didn't cut his hair didn't have wine, and so forth. And um, even though later he um, he changed some of the minhagim, however, for during his entire life, he was a vegetarian. I heard from uh, Dr. Lior Gottlieb, who had opportunity to um, speak with him at length once, asked him about it, and he said that he doesn't eat anything that had a nefesh. So he doesn't eat fish, meat, chicken, etc., but he'll eat eggs. That was interesting. And and he was asked, this is also interesting, everyone speaks about the fact that Ruf Cook, the Nazir, and others that were close to him were vegetarians. And um, he was asked about that. Was Ruf Cook a strict vegetarian? And he said, yes, except for Shabbat and Chagim, when he would eat meat. Lechvot Shabbat v'yom tov. Um, he studied in the Yerushalayim Yeshivot, including um, in Merkaz Harav, under the guidance by then of Rav Tzvi Yehuda HaKohen Cook. And in 1948, he uh, joined the Haganah and became a part of a group of um, religious young men who would fight. Then, as the war broke out later, he joined the Etzel. He fought with the Etzel in the famous battle for the old city of Jerusalem, which was unfortunately lost. And he was injured very badly, uh, very, very badly in that battle. And he was taken prisoner. And he was in Jordan as a prisoner of war for a while until um, there was some swap and, and so forth. Um, and the rest of his life he had somewhat of a limp he also might have been um, pain ridden, I, I don't know our family my late father and my mother who uh, is usually listening in knew Rav Shari Cohen he was an acquaintance my father tells how when, uh, after the war, when he was released, Rav Shari Yeshiva Cohen came to New York and was in the hospital here where they tried also to um, work on his injuries and my father would go and visit him. He was active at the time, very active at the time in the Mizrahi, Apoela Mizrahi, and um, as one of the young people who would go and help out in the hospital and be with uh, Rav Shari Yeshiva Cohen. And so they remained acquaintances. I remember whenever we met in the street or whatever, at different events, he had a regal bearing. He was tall, and and he dressed, you know, with with with, with class. He really had a regal bearing about him. Um, after that, afterwards, he stayed in the army. He was in the army for six years until uh, he reached the um, the rank of colonel, which is very cool. 
he got a law degree in the Hebrew University. What such a, a a multifaceted person. Uh, and believe it or not, in the Yom Kippur War, which was in 1973, and he w- did not need to do the military service at the, by that point, he volunteered to be a chaplain with the uh, with the force that went to the other side of the um, the Suez Canal, crossed the Suez Canal, and entered Egypt and came around to the famous, amazing uh, Yeshua that we had at the end of the uh, 73 war. He was, from 1975 till 2011, he was the chief rabbi of Haifa. He was the head of the Batei Din in Haifa. He did, he did a lot. And his voice was always one of, of peace. Mamash mitalmidav shalar haron hakohen. He wasn't yeller or screamer or firebrand. Said what he had to say, but said it in 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 the right tone. Few two stories that um, are are told about him. He was uh, again forty eight. He was walking in Yerushalayim, and people were putting up placards. You know, Pashkevilim, as they're known saying that Rav Kook, um, Rav Kook Paskind, Rav Kook the Younger, Rav Tzuyuda, um that yeshiva students should not join the army. And he asked his father, the Nazir, who was a Talmud, what should he do? So his father said, if Marana Rav said that it's us to join the army, then, then that's what you have to do. Rav Shari Cohen went went out, left the house, and he was very upset, very, very, very upset, and lo and behold, he meets Rav Tzvi Yehuda. Rav Tzvi Yehuda says to him, why are you so downtrodden? Why, are you, why do you see, seem so despondent? So Rav Shariya said to him, because of this psaq that I heard that you said that yeshiva students shouldn't join the army. Rav Tzvi Yehuda responded with, with, with great strength. Sheker v'chazav. It's not true, it's a lie. Shuv mefarsimim zod. Again, they're doing this. Harei zeh haya neged giyus talmidei shivot letzava ba'anglia v'melchemet haolam ha'rishona. The quote that they were quoting was something that he said against yeshiva students joining the British army during the First World War. And so... Rav Tzvi Yehuda put out uh, his own Pashkaville saying it wasn't true. Rav Shari Yeshuv said it's not enough to say it's not true. We have to write a booklet and say that it's a chova to join the army. It's an obligation. So Rav Tzvi Yehuda said to him it's, an, it's wartime. All the print shops, they're closed. So he went to the leadership of the Haganah and asked them if they would agree that he use their printing facilities to print this booklet, and they did, and that's how this booklet called Lemitzvat Haaretz, small booklet about the importance of joining the army, including yeshiva students, was printed. And one other story. Um, you know what? We'll have some music, and then we'll tell you one other story about 
of Shar Yashuf HaKohen and it's for Yehuda Cook. Okay, where are we going? Let's see. Um, oh, here's something new. And I'm wanting to play it for a few weeks. It came out a few weeks ago. Evyatar Banai put out a new song. It's called Pergula. Interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Evyatar Banai is always an interesting uh, artist. And um, we hope you enjoy it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. יש לי מה להפסיד, יונדאי סנטה ומתוק בפה, Banai. 
with pergula. We don't have time now to discuss the words, but the words are interesting as well about the um, life as a as an artist, as a, someone famous, and um, the trials and tribulations that uh, that creates in one's life when trying to be an Eved Hashem, a servant of God. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you to uh, our commenters on the Nachum Siegel Network app. Yehudas, as always, is there. Great. Thank you. Well, you have a great comment also from Cohen GL. I thank you as well. And uh, on our Facebook page, you can um, look, listen, comment, like, and so forth. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, even though it's... Uh, time is short, I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that Israel is going through a a reawakening of the evil attacks can't be coincidental it cannot be coincidental lone wolves and so forth could it be a coincidence that after months and months and months of quiet, suddenly suddenly one after the other individual attacks could it be that during the holiday that just took place, Eid al-Adha, that they were riled up in the mosques to go out and, and be a shaheed? I don't know. There was an uh, attack this morning where an uh, Israeli police woman was uh, critically injured and uh, and there were attacks yesterday and the day before. So um, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Okay. So I ran out of time. We have one more great story about Rav Shari Yashiv I told it years ago on JM in the AM. Um, it, it came up again in social media a lot after he passed away. And uh, I will tell it next week. How's that? It'll, it'll, we'll, we'll hold it over for next week. Um it's it's a very nice story. We'll end off with Bat Ela Birnbaum. Bat Ela Birnbaum with Hallelujah. Before we do that, we will say thank you. We're going to be Mahalel. Well, we're going to be Modé. We're going to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately after us, is an encore presentation of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, and then an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein, followed by the Great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JMDM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. No, no, they're just running in a different race. Hallelujah.